Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Hello, and welcome back to Premier League on Tap, your FPL draft podcast. My name is Nate, better known as Draftopia, and with me is Zach, a.k.a. Drafting for Upside. Zach, how you doing, man? Uh, I've been better. I'm still nursing a tough loss in the IGL International Genie League Cup from this week. Tied 93.75 apiece, and a little unfortunate bit of betting luck for the Barca game for the tiebreaker meant I got eliminated. So, uh, yeah, you know, both teams of mine have Holland and just didn't quite do enough for me this week to capture the, the cup win. But in regular league play, definitely did the job. Well, that's good to hear. What's the, uh, what's the tiebreaker for the cup? So uh, it's, really, uh, it's really the most fair thing in the world. So we pick a game of UCL during the week. For this instance and uh, whoever guesses the minute of the first goal is the winner so you play this very dangerous tightrope game of trying to wedge yourself right after the uh, earlier prediction without being too late huh so it's like the and I happen to right. I, I happen to be the earlier pick I picked the 30th minute he picked the 32nd, and it was a 45th plus change minute goal from Kelhanalu. Um So, so he prices right at you. From Barca. Yes. He, he, one dollar, exactly. Bob. <laughs> yes, exactly. Damn. Well, hey, man, the international break bounce back is a real thing. We both got back to winning ways in the Genie League. Unfortunately, you did drop the cup hatch, but we're both still sitting pretty at 7 0 1. And that's good enough for third and fourth overall in the entire league. So long may it continue. Uh, before we do get started, uh, listeners, please do us a favor. If you do enjoy the show and the content we have put out so far, please like, rate, review, whatever you need to do on the platform you listen on. We always appreciate the love and enjoy hearing from you guys. Um, also, follow us on Twitter. I am at PLDraftopia. And Zach is at drafting the number four upside as well as follow the show on Twitter. We're at PL underscore on tap. Our DMs are always open. If you guys have ever ever have any questions about, uh, who, I don't know, who to drop, who to pick up, who to roster, anybody you're trying to choose between, um, we're always open to give our opinions. Uh, not saying we're going to be right every time, but we're willing to be at ear you can listen and, and uh, you know, maybe give you some insight on what we might think ahead of the games. So, without further delay, let's get into the Game Week 10 fixtures. Starting off on Saturday, we've got Bournemouth versus Leicester. Leicester is currently favored at .25 goals and an over-under of 2.5 goals here. Um, Zach, run us through the Bournemouth side real quick. Uh, Let's talk injuries, starters, streamers. Take it away. Yeah, so you'll notice in in today's format that we're going to be going into less of the guys that you guys all know that you need to start, uh, your every week guys, your studs, and we're going to focus a little bit more on some of the fringe guys that may be higher owned, but you might not know if you should start, uh, as well as your obvious streamers, um, whether you should start or not start them. So this game definitely has a couple of each where... I think we can provide some insight. So on the Bournemouth side, uh, there's no 
guys that you really have to start, in my opinion. But streaming wise, I'd be I'd be comfortable starting Solanke uh, after Leicester have been one of the worst defensive teams in the league. I know they kept a clean sheet against Nottingham, but that is by no means uh, an indicator that their defense is back. So feel comfortable starting Solanke this week, especially given the uh, landscape at forward. It's not very plentiful, you yeah. might say. Slim pickings there. And then I know I've been suggesting Billing and Tavernier for weeks now as potential starters. I actually roster both of them in one of my leagues, and I rostered Tavernier in both of my leagues. Uh, I ended up actually dropping them this past week, which may or may not have been a great decision, but I realized that I want to, or I guess don't want to be, tying my team's success to Bournemouth midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, that that probably means that you could still hold on to Tavernier as a start. Uh, I think I still like him a little more, even though I know that Billings has scored better. But I think that he just gets more involved in that offense, and I'd be surprised if you don't see his numbers turn around sooner rather than later. But in, in the case of starting somebody... You want to start someone you can be confident in, and I'm not really confident in either Billing or Tavernier. Yeah. Even though this, I think, is a good matchup where either of them could get a return. And actually, one interesting stat that I've seen floating around the Twitter space and uh, verified myself is that Tavernier actually has the second most completed dribbles so far out of anybody. So you've got Martinelli, Tavernier, Jesus, Eze, Joantin, Cancelo, and the list goes on. Uh, so that's a good group of people to be in, I'd say. And while you're not going to expect him to reach those heights necessarily, I mean, you're never going to, just because he's above Gabriel Jesus does not mean he's better he's than far. Gabriel Jesus, clearly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it it is a good sign. You know, you want to be in good company, and, and that's definitely a good area to be in. I'm sure that in other stats, though, he is certainly lacking, and... Bournemouth is not by any means an offensive powerhouse, though they have kind of turned form from a league perspective in the recent four match matches. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they haven't lost a game since Scott Parker was sacked. I mean, one win and three draws in the last four matches, although they are averaging uh, 1.5 goals against. They do have two clean sheets in those games. Uh, the biggest thing is they just – they don't score very well. I know they scored three against Forrest, but as we've seen, uh, Forrest's defense is pretty much on par with Leicester's, uh, although they might be going in opposite directions. One was decent to start the season and is getting worse. One was horrendous <laughs> in the beginning of the season and is starting to slowly get better. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I don't think that I'm going to be overly reliant on Bournemouth assets, especially this weekend, although... It is a little bit of a decent matchup going up against Leicester, even though they are coming off a clean sheet. They could be um, very convinced that they could do it again against this Bournemouth side, who doesn't really look like scoring. Their XG through eight games is 3.8, which is the lowest in the Premier League. 
and it's three behind the second lowest, who's Eston Villa at 6.8. So they've only been expected to score almost four goals in eight games. Just, just not good stats to live up to right now. So I agree with you there. I'm not really putting too much trust into these guys here. Uh, if you have to, I'd be okay with any one of the three you mentioned, Solanke being a forward three at best, Billing yep. being my midfield five, um, along with Both Tavernier. Both him and Tavernier, midfield yeah. fives. Yeah, um, so they're pretty much like the last person to get into my roster spot. Um, mm-hmm. What's the Leicester side looking like? I know Ndidi's probably going to be out injured here. Um, who do you think gets the start ahead in this one between Daka and Vardy? I see Daka starting here. I think he looked... I mean, he had his one backheel goal that was fantastic. <laughs> He's been more of the regular starter as they try to preserve Vardy. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see spot starts from Vardy here and there, but it's not going to be super predictable. Uh, right now, Rotowire is predicting Daka to start, so I, I concur with that decision. And... I I think they they're definitely a start whichever one of the two it is but I think I said last week that Bournemouth is going to be annoying and I think we saw that last week for anyone that started their Brentford assets expecting some sort of route against Bournemouth who mm-hmm. obviously have shipped nine goals to Liverpool it's not out of the range of outcomes that that could happen and Leicester is probably a similar scoring team to Brentford. So they they have potential to to get a couple of attacking returns in here. I'm going to fire them up as a probably forward 3, maybe forward 2 and I'll be I'll definitely be confident in them, but just be aware that it might not be as big of a route as you might think it is on paper. Yeah, I think once uh Scott Parker left the mood changed in that dressing room and they I mean the players look like they're actually willing to defend at this point um I think there was a switch at goalkeeper as well with Neto in goal now that uh, Mm -hmm. makes more sense and I mean the defense has pretty much stepped up in the last few weeks here so I don't think they're going to be shipping any more of those five six seven eight nine goal games but um but yeah I think this uh Leicester side will be Raring to go, get back at it after a good win, uh, albeit against a very poor form Forest team. But um, is there anyone else in this Leicester side that you're looking to possibly stream? Yeah, you'll see KDH, I think, as a midfield four option in this game. Should be fairly end-to-end, should get plenty of opportunity to get forward since Bournemouth don't present a whole lot of attacking threat and along with that you're going to see Justin and Castagna be pretty strong starts at defense Mm -hmm. I think they have defender two upside this week against such a low scoring offense and with that in mind I would also be okay streaming uh about face (laughs) as a defender three slash four okay in a in a pinch uh he's got seven ish ghost points the past two weeks and pretty decent clean sheet odds in this game, though they're not, you know, at the top. 
uh, it's definitely in the range of possibilities. And the worst case scenario, he gets you, I don't know, five against mm-hmm. Bournemouth. It's, it's pretty low, low risk, low reward. Yeah, I think the Leicester side of things is the higher upside streamers of the week, um, especially because with the two fullbacks, you do get that attacking return upside um, as well as a possible clean sheet. Um, I mean, Leicester have been shut out once so far this season, and they've scored two or more goals in five games, so they do score well. It's just their problem has been shipping goals, which... They hope that they have started to clean up. Um, anything else to add to this fixture here? No, that's about it. All right, let's move on here. Chelsea Wolves. Chelsea favored by 1.25 goals with an over-under of 2.5. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> this game looks pretty low scoring off the top with only 2.5 over-under, and it looks like Chelsea is going to score most of the goals. Uh, Bruno Lage just sacked... Do you see any sort of, uh, you know, that manager change, that new manager bounce for Wolves, even though I know it's going to be an interim manager for now? Um, is that something you see on the cards for this Wolves side? Well, I mean, it's tough to bounce or not bounce when you're pretty much at rock bottom already. It's <laughs> you're pretty much rolling on the ground. There, is, there have been no bounces. It's only up from here, yeah. <laughs> Could be a dead cat bounce, I guess, in the way, but <laughs> it's there's <laughs> there's not much to look forward to, at least with Wolves here. For even you know even if they got Pep Guardiola as their manager, like I'm not really looking to start any Wolves assets in this matchup against Chelsea. I'd be okay with streaming Adama, but I mean I, I guess you got to probably start like your Neves, but. Other than that, I'm not really looking to start anybody here. I, I kind of want to wait and see and uh, let things transpire within that Wolves team. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be tough to start Neves this week. He's suspended, but... Oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you that team, for as bad Even as worse. their season has started, they've been absolutely decimated by injuries, and now they have Neves suspended. Collins is still serving his suspension for his red card. So, I mean, it's just a mishmash of players right now and like you said i'm not looking to start anybody from that wolf side even though chelsea hasn't been a rock solid defensive team wolves have just been that poor going forward i just don't know where the goals come from and they're not even like ghosting well every one of their attackers is at i don't know six seven points it's just it's hard to watch right now they're, they're very low upside, and I think you can find many better streamers on the slate, and they're not even late in the slate this time where they're your backup guys. Like, there's always going to be, I think, a better option than any of these Wolves assets this week. Though you could pick some of them up expecting more. I know we're fond of Ai Nori and Semedo potentially at wingbacks, uh, potentially under a new regime, and also Adama, who I think you can stream, like I said, but I'm not looking for anyone else here. This is a wait and see for sure. Despite Chelsea not being the strongest on either side of the ball, uh, just I mean, if you look at the market lines right now, they really tell you the entire picture mm-hmm. of Chelsea most likely winning this game and it being low scoring. 
Yeah, I think if you're a manager that's interested in stashing some Wolves players, maybe picking two players that are available on the waiver wire and hoping that the new manager comes in and things get going and they have a bounce back in their season, I'd be okay with that. But I'm not looking to pick anybody up to start in this game. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, let's swap over to the Chelsea side here. Um, I know we've had the injury news of Fofana in the midweek UCL game. He looks like he's going to be out for four weeks now with a knee injury. Uh, I'd be extremely surprised to see him uh, before the World Cup. It looks like he won't be returning until, I mean, he might miss out on the World Cup. I'm not sure if he was going to be in the World Cup at all, if he was going to get rostered, but I don't think we're going to see him until the new year now. Yeah, you'd think that they're going to wait until after the World Cup. Yeah, and then Conte's still out with an injury. But taking the place of Fofana, I don't really know the intricacies of Chelsea's defense, but you have to think it's going to be one of Koulibaly, Chalaba, Espilicueta. Are you going to start any one of those three that gets the nod? Yeah, I'm comfortable starting any and all Chelsea defensive assets. Doesn't matter the name. It's Wolves. Take advantage of it. And they just lost Neto. They're one shining light at the end of the tunnel for scoring a goal, even though he hasn't been doing that. So mm-hmm. you, this is a high upside, clean sheet opportunity for Chelsea defenders. They should be able to get forward because they pose no threat. Uh, you could see this be, I know... I'm pretty sure they ran with a four back last week, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Yeah, they did. So, you know, they might not be able to get forward as much as usual, but I I would start any of them. The clean sheet chances are there against probably, I mean, I think they're the worst goal scoring team in the league. Wolves? Wolves, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's between, well, no, it's between them and. Um, Bournemouth. Yeah. Nottingham. Yeah. Yep. They have, or no, they have scored three goals this season and they are dead last. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, really, I was getting what do you have to be afraid XG? of? I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, yes. We're lost in the stats. Yep. Um, yeah, just any of them. Fire them up. They're great options. Even Aspilicueta being on the older side, just go for it and. Bank on the clean sheet. It might not happen, but they should they should uh, have a pretty good floor. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, yeah. As far as the Chelsea attackers go, um, Aubameyang started his first game in the Premier League. Well, back in the Premier League, and he got a goal. So I am definitely riding the hot hand with that one. Um, they haven't really had a talisman goal scorer in that side for quite some time uh but what are you doing with sterling mount havertz are any of these guys kind of on your mind to are you looking to trade these guys out at all i mean for what is really the question with them like havertz we saw him kind of have a pulse last week. He ghosted okay in the 70-ish minutes that he played. And I think Sterling's fine. But I don't think anyone's going to give you 
something that you're excited about for him. Mm -hmm. I think they're all kind of just holds right now. And uh, Aubameyang, I think you got to be mildly optimistic with how he's done. So I would I would fire him up as a forward two, and the rest of them are all probably similar to a streamer. Um, Mount is is above streamer level, but as far as those other options like Havertz, I'm thinking of Pulisic and Ziyech and mm-hmm. the, you know, all all those guys. You don't really know who's gonna start, but one of them's gonna go up there. Those those guys I say are all a viable streaming option, but Wolves are a really good defense, and I don't think that's gonna change just because a coach changes. So mix that with Chelsea not being the best attacking squad in the league and you're setting yourself up for a letdown just because you think that this is a Wolves team that they should beat yeah I think one of my bets of the week right here just looking at this over under of two and a half is I'm taking that under I think Chelsea scores twice and it's just a two nil game if they score twice yeah. this might be a it has that look finish. to it yeah you could say, though, that missing Neves in the middle could kind of screw things up and allow Chelsea a lot more freedom in the middle to pick their passes. True. Yeah, this one will be kind of interesting, but, I mean, it's it's an interesting that I'm staying away from in a matter of yeah. it could be extremely low scoring, so I'm just not too interested in it. So It's a pretty boring game, if I'm going to be honest. I think you're gonna watch it and wish you turned on something else yeah um i think the only other aside that i have for this chelsea team is if you are going to roster someone like pulisic ziak um gallagher maybe if they're not starting I would drop them and free up that roster spot immediately so it gives you more flexibility throughout the game week because I don't think any of those guys are really warrant a hold in the roster. Or am I wrong here? No, I think that's I think that's right. There's a few weeks now actually where I've ended up starting guys in the earlier slakes and like, oh gotta get a start, gotta get a start. And then there's these viable streamers that are just sitting around toward the end of the slate. I'm like, dang, like, I wish I didn't start that guy to get me five or six points out of panic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I wish I took that that guy later in the slate where everyone kind of did the same thing as me. Like, we all fought over the same player pool. And then there's a bunch of guys later on that are much better, but no one wanted to wait until then to see if they started because they didn't want to, you know, go through warfare just to get them off waivers. Yeah. You know, check their Twitters as soon as the lineups come out. I think I've screwed myself in the long run, especially if you roster multiple, like, let's say, city assets, and you have two of these rotation pieces for Chelsea, and Chelsea plays first, then you get to your city matchup, and let's say two of those three city players aren't starting. You can't drop your Chelsea players retroactively to then bench your city assets and pick up new streamers. So you have to be smart mm-hmm. about that aspect too of like, okay, Pulisic isn't playing. I'm dropping him. So that frees up a roster spot in case Graylish doesn't start. I can bench him and pick up somebody off waivers. You really have to be thinking mm-hmm. ahead in that aspect. Well, that comes that comes along with the city territory. If you're going to roster one of those guys, you can't 
be put off by the fact that they might not start any given week. You have to prepare for that with the rest of your lineup. So, Mm -hmm. yes, they have high upside, but you're going to suffer a little bit at every other position. Or I guess if you wanted to allocate one or two bench spots to needing that flexibility with them, you know, that does hurt your roster. So people don't often take that into account with city assets, but I think in the end it's worth it. And you'd be hard-pressed to deny that given their form this season. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue to go into our next matchup of Manchester City versus Southampton. City favored by two and a half goals with an over-under of 3.75. This is a matchup that if, even if Grealish is on the bench, I might still just keep him in my lineup because this could be an absolute rout. I mean, I'm looking to start any and all city assets in this game. Uh, Walker's out injured. Stones is out injured. So, I mean, the entire community has been screaming the name Sergio Gomez for the last few days since the Walker injury. And As they should. Yeah. If you haven't picked him up yet, I would be extremely surprised if you're still able to. He's uh, 4% owned right now on fan tracks, but... That might not be updated. Fair. I mean, I guess the only deterrent is that he is classified as a midfielder. So if you are already set in the midfield, then I can see where you would just forego that. But this is just such a high upside play, and it might be a play you can only make for a week or two, and then it's he's droppable again. Who knows? But Right, right. um, Anything to add to the city side? No, I think you're spot on with them. You know, a lot of teams will say, start their front three. Well, with them, start their front six. And then, uh, like we're talking about, Sergio Gomez is a great streaming option this week. Probably the best one on the week, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, uh, given his availability and potential upside. I think he's got that upside to be a mid-two this week with this matchup, even though people might perceive him as a mid-four. Uh, that's not to say I think he's going to score like a mid-two, but I think he's got the upside to do so uh, given the matchup against Southampton, who look awfully 9 nilable to uh, City right now. <laughs> they do have that in their locker. We haven't seen it yet this season, so who knows? This no. might be the... F- I mean, yeah, I would feel hard done by if I was Ralph Hassenhutl right now if this game was the final nail in my coffin as a manager. It's like, come on, dude. Really? You expect me to go out there and get a result against this? Yeah. They should they should just cancel this as <laughs> a, even a relevant game. Like, if you get a tie, you should be awarded with season-long tenure. Oh, yeah. I want a three-year <laughs> contract. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Southampton side, there's really nothing new as far as the injury front goes. Um uh, I'm just going to lay out a warning right now to anyone and everyone that's listening. Do not roster a Southampton defender. This is your one and only warning. Steaming hot take there. (laughs) I mean, come on. It should be an absolute no-brainer, but just don't do it. Don't even think about it. Even if it's your last player, I would take an illegal roster before I do that. Yeah. No, I would. Yeah, I'd rather bench... Yeah, I'd rather soak the roster spot than start them in this matchup with City being favored by three goals and an over-under of nearly four here. Yeah. It's 
it's got a lot of goals in it, and uh, most of them will end up in Southampton's net. Yeah, I mean, I would stream Kyle Walker just to play him injured rather than play a Southampton defender. Just take the zero points. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. You don't want the Compared negative to them, 12. He's got, he's got upside. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't... Uh, I don't really think we need to spend too much time on this. I mean, the only viable asset, maybe James Ward-Prowse, Che Adams. Are you starting either one of those players this weekend? Yeah, Che or Ward-Prowse is in the category of stud, and I don't think there's a matchup you can ever bench him personally. Um, but with Che Adams, yeah, I would really try and avoid him. He'd be in the forward if there even existed four forwards in your league he'd be in the forward four consideration i i would rather start someone along the lines of danny ings for reference i'm just gonna throw this out there i if i still rostered ward prowse which i do not i traded him out last week um i'm not starting him this week i just don't like the matchup they're gonna have 20% 20% possession. I just don't think he gets enough touches of the ball. I don't think they get enough corners, set pieces to make him viable this week. So with that being said, you have to have the midfield backup to bench him. If he is your only if he is your midfielder one, then you have to play him. But if he's your mid two, mid three, if you have somebody like Graylish Foden who's starting in that matchup, I'm okay going elsewhere and getting a midfield streamer with a better upside game. Would you start uh, Onana over him against Man United? Against United, yes, because I think Onana's floor is similar to Ward Prowse's, but the upside playing against United's defense is better. What Not about, saying City's like, defense is unstoppable, but Yeah. They're they're definitely not. It's just I don't think Southampton is potent enough to do anything Yeah. In that what about Moises Caicedo? Would you start him? Like over JWP? Mm. Am I getting in the range? That's a tough one because I don't think Tottenham attack is enough to make him viable. I think he's more of a box-to-box, and I think a lot of his points come from tackles and interceptions. I could be wrong, but yep. um, I don't know. That's kind of a toss-up. Yeah. I would say, I don't know. I'd go with James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly could go either way. I, I wouldn't blame you for picking either one of those. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to provide some context here as to what we'd bench him for because yeah. I think I think you probably have to start him. Uh, I'm just looking back at the history of him playing City last year. In uh, granted, this is maybe not standard scoring. I think it's pretty darn close. Where he got eleven and a half and seven and a half in his two matchups. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, we could be looking at that as his ceiling. I think that's more of his higher, more more of his median, maybe a little bit higher than median outcome in this game, and I would probably just stick with him, but I can see why someone would rather 
not play him and go with more of a floor play. But that that's that's what you're doing if you're benching him. You're going for a floor play, I think. Mm-hmm. And that has to fit your roster construction for the week. Yeah, exactly. It's all it. Yeah, again, you have to preface it with it's all about your roster and how it's constructed. Like I said, if he's your mid one, you have to start him. Like you really don't have any other options at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I don't think anything else has to be said about that game. I think everyone knows nope. which one, which way that one's headed. Uh, let's move on to Newcastle Brentford. Uh, Newcastle favored here by .75 goals and an over-under of 2.75. Uh, looks like Isak is still out. ASM is questionable, I think. Eddie Howe's inner uh, press conference is tomorrow, so we'll see if he has any more news on ASM, so keep your eyes posted to Twitter on that one. Um, but Zach, who are you looking to start or stream in this game for Newcastle here? Uh, I think you got to start your Wilson shares, your target and Trippier shares, obviously. And, and one that, one that I think is probably moving into the must start category is Joe Willock. He's started most games. He's ghosted pretty well, and I think people are recognizing that now with his ownership, although it still might be kind of low. What is it, like 60%? I think it's just under that 60% threshold. It's 56 right now. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so he's climbing out of streamer, streamer category right now, and he's into that, okay, we, we've seen it like he's probably a must start as long as the matchup is not a poor one like a city or um i guess really only city to be honest um <laughs> yeah go launch him out there he should he should do okay brentford uh aren't the best defensively i mean they played bournemouth and held them to zero goals woohoo um but let's see <laughs> how they do against newcastle this yeah. week yeah, Newcastle is a tricky team because it seems like they're they've been pretty hit or miss. Uh, you don't know which Newcastle side's going to show up. Like they had that one fantastic game against City, and then they have a one-one draw against Bournemouth or the nil-nil against Crystal Palace. Like it's it's just a hard team to predict. I think what will help is getting Saint Maximin back if he is fit and ready to go i think he provides a lot of the creative aspect to that attack um although elmeron's been playing pretty well i just he's just not the same type of player um like you said willock good shout as a streaming potential this week if he's available in your league um brentford's defense eh, again similar to newcastle's pretty hit or miss um but, yeah, I'm not too crazy about this matchup. Um, the only player that, I don't know, the only player that I'm on the fence about in this matchup is actually on the Brentford side, and that's Mbwemo. But let, let's just go through the Brentford side because I really have nothing to add to Newcastle. Newcastle's players, they have 13 players that are like their out and out starters through fan tracks, all of them are above 60% owned. So the likelihood mm-hmm. that you're going to be able to pick any of these guys up to stream is just not going to happen. And you're going to start the guys that are starting in this game. 
Um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it. the Brentford side is maybe a little bit more nuanced, like you're saying, than Newcastle, but there's not a whole lot there. You, you start Damsgaard, I think, in this matchup. He has done well as of late, and let's just hope he can go closer to a full 90 mm-hmm. and not get yanked early. And I'm okay streaming Pinnock this week if he's in the starting 11. Uh, the news came out today that uh, Pontus Janssen is going to be out with a hamstring injury, so it's going to be between Pinnock or Zanka mm-hmm. for that second starting center back spot, assuming they don't go to a three-slash-five back where they'll both start. So I'm I'm okay with that. I know Newcastle's good at scoring, so... I don't feel great about it, but I know sometimes the landscape for defenders can be less than desirable, and <clears throat> you might have him on your bench where, you know, he's he's clogging up a roster spot, and you might just want to start him for the sake of it. So I'm good with it, but keep in mind he's probably more in this matchup like a defender for. And then to your point on Embuemo, I think you got to keep the faith uh, I'm actually looking at a stat now that says he's in the you know top looks like 12 or so in shots inside the box. Um, so I, I think he's getting the chances. He's he's along with some pretty big names here on this list. He's getting the chances, but maybe hasn't put them all away. Mm-hmm. And he's also got a top class striker next to him in Tony. So there's always the potential for the assists. So. I think you could do a lot worse than Embuemo in this matchup, but he's not a must-start. He's more of a forward three. Yeah, I mean, right now he's sitting at 18 overall for forwards. So, I mean, we were just talking about this before uh, we started recording, but the forward landscape is just so barren right now that if he's your forward one, you kind of have to throw him out there. I would hope he's not your forward one, but um, if he's your forward two, maybe you go with a fifth midfielder for this game week. Um, again, it's also it's all based on roster construction, but yeah, he's just been very hit or miss. Scored or in the eight games he's played, he's scored in the double digits four times, and the other four, he's scored less than four points, uh, four zero two and negative mm-hmm. 0.5 in those four games so just very hit or yeah. miss but like you said newcastle's defense uh they're not impenetrable but there is a statistic here that well not statistic but just so far this season brentford have yet to win a game on the road so they're just not playing that well away from home yeah don't don't hear what i'm not saying Mbuemo is by no means a must start this week and super high upside but Again, given the landscape of forwards, you could do a lot worse, and I could see a scenario where you have to start him as your forward three or forward two or you know whatever he is to you. God, I hope he's not your forward one. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So I think that's that for this matchup. Uh, let's move on here to the Brighton-Tottenham game. Uh, it's a pick em, so either team could win this one. And they've got an over-under of 2.5 goals for this matchup. Um, on the Brighton front, no injury news to speak of, uh, but we've got Trossard playing absolutely out of his mind. Uh, the hat-trick last weekend. 
was he over 30 points in his last two fan track starts um so i mean you got to start him in this matchup uh how do you feel about starting welbeck and or pascal gross in this one i think you gotta feel okay about it uh that brighton side took you know took liverpool right head on and i don't think that liverpool's defense is much different than tottenham's so Mm -hmm. They're both strong starts for sure this week, and I'd say March as well is in that category of some guy you got to start. I think you ride Brighton until the wheels fall off. We thankfully were able to see them without Graham Potter, and they look strong. So I am treating them as if they still had Graham Potter right now. They didn't really look different. Yeah. I think uh, one player to throw out there. I don't think there's a clean sheet for either of these teams this weekend. Um, no. I think both attacks are good enough to get goals in this one. But if someone that's 37% rostered, and I know we've talked about him for weeks already, but Stupinon in this formation, it looks like he is going to be able to get forward on that left-hand side and whip balls into the box. So, I mean, I'm looking to pick him up if he's available, and I'm definitely holding him on my roster for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I got seven ghost points last week in 75 minutes against Liverpool. Granted that it was an end-to-end game, 3-3, but you could see a similar performance to last week in this matchup here I, I wouldn't treat it too differently so kind of whatever worked last week for you yeah <laughs> copy paste <laughs> um as far as the Tottenham side goes we've got Emerson Royale suspended Kulisevsky's out injured um it'll be an interesting one to see who comes in for Emerson and how Conte wants to play that um he's kind of f- being forced to change things up I know as a Spurs fan myself, the fan base has been clamoring for Emerson to be benched. He's just not good enough. He offers absolutely nothing going forward. But I, I don't know if Conte really trusts Doherty right now. Um, will he give Spence game time, even though he's said that Spence just isn't ready? I could definitely see him switching Perisic to the right-hand side and starting Sessegnon on the left. So this will be a interesting game to watch in the build-up to see what those lineups look like um but i think outside of kane son richarlison i don't i'm not really going to go out of my way to play anybody else in this matchup on tottenham side um how do you feel about that one yeah, I think you've got your obvious starts, and then from there, it's really streamers. You've got Sessegnon, who's been known to get forward. He's fine. Uh, Perisic is probably a similar category there. And Bentancur is also a fine start this week. Brighton, I'm pretty sure, is middle of the road in terms of uh, points allowed to midfielders. So, you know, you could you could do a lot worse than him, and was he rostered in 56% of the league? So he's definitely on your roster, and you're not dropping him. So I'd be... I'd be happy rolling him out there as like a midfield four with, you know, low upside, but Mm -hmm. a safe floor. Yeah, I think what managers should be looking at in this game is who starts at right wing back for Tottenham and how does the game play out. Um, 
if Doherty starts and Tottenham look really good, they're moving the ball well, he may or may not get a goal contribution, but if he's amongst the action, I think he's definitely something you need or someone you need to look at rostering in the future. Um, but I think yeah. in this matchup, I'm not looking to play any of the defenders in this game. Yeah, Doherty's Doherty is another one where I know it's unfortunate that uh, Emerson got a red card and you'd love to see Doherty have a plus matchup here where he could take over that right wing back spot maybe in one game. But I think it's a bit too optimistic. He probably starts this one. But, I mean, there's not a whole lot in there for him, I don't think, because he's. I think that they're going to give up a goal or two here, uh, even though the over-under is only a two and a half, which is, I think, a bit low. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a fine He's a fine start if you wanted as a midfield four or pinch midfield three, but nothing more than that, and I wouldn't expect much. He could... I think the... The thing that puts him into that potential mid, or not mid, defender three category is the fact that he can definitely get an assist on his day, whips in a good ball, and you've got one of the best aerial threats in Harry Kane up top. So mm-hmm. uh, we saw it last year. He's still got it in his locker. You could do a lot worse, and I know that people might be holding some guys that have injuries and that you don't want to drop and it might be between dropping them or Doherty if you don't start Doherty. So in that case, I could rationalize starting him. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm fading the defenders in this one, but yeah, I see your point. Uh, he does have the upside. He does like to get forward, but I mean, I'm hoping as a fan he can and they turn this ship around, but Oh, well, there's still time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. Let's move on here. Crystal Palace versus Leeds. Palace favored by 0.25 goals with an over-under of 2.5. Uh, so it looks like there's going to be a few goals in this matchup. Crystal Palace, I mean, just look at their games played in the first part of the season. They have played Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester City, Newcastle, Chelsea, they were supposed to play Manchester United, but that game got postponed. Holy shit. What a start to the season. There's a reason that they are, what, 17th right now? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think in the aspect of, yeah, Wolves have had a terrible start to the season, but that team just doesn't look that good. Palace have had a really bad start to the season, but they have also had the hardest schedule to date. So I think this team, you start stashing players from Palace if you haven't already, they don't play another top six side until 2023. The rest of their matchups this year are good matchups. So, I mean, injuries to note, Joachim Anderson, questionable for this matchup. I don't really know what happened to him last game. It just said that he was a surprising absentee from the roster. Mm -hmm. Um... I haven't heard anything on that yet, but, I mean, if he's healthy, you start him. Uh, I'm also starting Zaha, obviously, uh, Eze and Elise if you roster them, and they start there on air. Uh, streamers for this matchup, I think you'd be comfortable streaming Ayu, Decore, Edouard, um, 
He scored double digits in his last two games. Probably going to be the front man picked by Vieira. So, I mean, this Crystal Palace team, they like to defend. They counterattack with pace and flair. So, I mean, I can see them really taking it to this Leeds team now that they've really gotten through that very, very difficult front-end schedule. Yeah, I don't think Leeds is an easy matchup, though, either. Um, I mean, for I think for a midfield-type player, this game is really good because it should be pretty end-to-end with the high-octane offense that Leeds likes to play with. Mm-hmm. So you could see a good score for streamer Chick DeCore, who is 31% owned, so he'd still be a streamer for you guys. And... I really like Michael Elise here. He just, I mean, he got 14 and a half ghost points last week. It looks like he's back. We just, you know, pray for healthiness, but it was the first game that he's gone 90 minutes. So that I think that says a lot about, you know, where he's at in his recovery. And mm-hmm. you should expect really good things going forward. He's probably one of those guys who, if you can buy him right now, please i mean get him in he i would definitely be willing to overpay with the schedule that's approaching for crystal palace yeah yeah i think as far as palace goes this this matchup between palace and leeds might be the complete antithesis of chelsea wolves whereas this game yes i think this over under of two and a half is very low i could yeah i think that's bogus easily be in a four or five goal game um Mm -hmm. as far as the lead side goes i mean who are you looking to start or stream from that side so from leads i'd be looking at rodrigo if he slides back in the team i know he's been poor as of late but he's just getting back into it he had a fire start to the season and i think we gotta i mean we don't bank on that being what he's going to return to us now right Mm -hmm. but let's look somewhere maybe in the middle instead of at these polar opposites of 32.5 to last week of negative 1.5. There, there does <laughs> exist somewhere in the middle. Um, and there's definitely potential for him to grab a goal. But I do think Crystal Palace, they, they've only had one clean sheet all season. But like you said, they've had pretty tough opponents. So they're not the best matchup, in my opinion, for attackers. But it's definitely not the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also look at, I mean, I know we listed pretty much every single Crystal Palace attacker, so I guess use some caution when when playing him, but Pascal Strike can be started with some level of confidence. Yeah. Um, not, a, not a ton, but you probably already have him in your squad, so I'm comfortable starting him here. I actually found him on waivers in one of my two leagues, surprisingly. So he's on waivers. Some in people one of might mine be losing well. the faith. Yep. Well, what was that? He's on waivers in one of mine as well. Yeah, I think people might be a little worried about Furpo coming in, as I would be. But if he starts, I think you're, I think you're fine starting him here. Mm-hmm. Anybody else you're looking at streaming in this one? Yeah, and then Liam Cooper as well. I think actually, uh, I probably should have mentioned him before strike. I think he's. He's the strongest defender start out of the defense right now, even though Strike might have more points per game than him. I'm not quite sure exactly what that's at, but uh, Al Cooper's only played the one game. Yeah. 
Regardless, I think Cooper is probably <laughs> the best start out of their defense and uh, should be started on a pretty regular basis unless they're facing a top 5-6 team. Yeah, I think Cooper's ghost point history just tends to do him well. People know the name and know yeah. he can get 8-10 to 10 points just from ghosts. So, yeah, definitely. He's a floor play. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think we need to mention a whole lot more on that one. Let's move on to the Sunday matchups. Let's do yeah. it. Tasty fixture between West Ham and Fulham. Yeah. Battle the hams. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Fulham favored by 0.75 goals here in this one, and we've got an over-under of 2.5. Um, only major injury update from this matchup is Mitrovic is still out for Fulham. Um, with that ankle injury. I mean, this matchup doesn't jump in my face uh, as someone I want to stream from. I guess this might be a good matchup to stream some defenders from. Um, I think on the West Ham side, you've got Cresswell, um, Zuma, possibly a streamer. And I'll let you tell us about your streamer for West Ham. I know you're pretty big. Yeah, so I am very big on Tilo Kara this week. He's only 6% owned, and I think he has a good floor of Defender 3 with Defender 2 upside in this matchup. It will be a somewhat contingent on if Mitrovic plays, which we haven't heard anything about, which in this scenario, I think no news is bad news, mm-hmm. but... Uh, Kerr actually, so from going from center back in week three to right back in week four, he doubled his touches. So that could be very likely responsible for some of the increase. I mean, what did he get, like 20 points last week? I think he kind of flew under the radar for some people. Um, But I really like his chances to get forward in this matchup since Fulham are going to pose little to no threat on offense. And he's a great guy to have as a backup option, if for nothing else. But I would start him, like I said, as a, as a very strong defender two or defender three play with defender two upside. Mm-hmm. And then a name that people have been excited about, they've probably dropped a bunch of fab on him, Skamaka. He has to start in this matchup, right? I mean, he scored at the weekend, and I think he scored today in their Europa League game, too. So He did. Only goal. one nothing. He, he's got to start, right? You'd imagine he starts. <laughs> it, it's really annoying if you have him, right? Because he's a forward on West Ham, and you probably don't have a lot of great backup at this point. Mm-hmm. But... I think uh, the the odds are he's going to start, um, and it's a good matchup. The one caveat I would have is, I know last week we mentioned so sharply that Paulinho would be missing from Fulham, and we saw what that team looked like without him. Mm-hmm. But don't forget what they look like with him. Uh, he is definitely, he's got the most tackles, one in the league, so he's going to be almost as important if not more important than them having a competent defense so he could kind of squander some of the west ham attacks that they're going to try and 
push down Fulham's throat when they have no attack of their own. Yeah. So just be careful. Skamaka is going to be pretty goal-dependent, and if you have a guy who you think is pretty similarly tiered to him that starts in one of the earlier matchups, I'd be comfortable rolling with him. But at the same time, I think that West Ham could generate a lot of chances in this match, and he definitely has upside. It's not like Paulinho can be at right back, center back, left back, and CDM. Like, he's yeah. only one guy. So let's... Uh, I it's definitely a strong week for Skamaka. If he starts, he's a forward two, a solid forward two. Yeah, I agree. Um, other than the aforementioned Polina, are you looking to roster or start anybody on this Fulham side this weekend? Uh, I suggest Polina, like you said, just as a, a floor to mid four play. Mm-hmm. But you could also get away with Tate. I know he's gotten pretty involved in their attack in the games that he's played. I know he has a little injury flag next to him, so we'll see if he gets trotted out there. But like I said, they got Paulina back, so they'll be a little bit more stable on defense, and he might have some opportunities to get forward against the West Ham team, who, let's be honest, they're, they're improving like you'd like to see, but they're not fantastic yeah. right now. They're, they're, they're in relatively poor form when you consider some of the things they've done the past few years. So you shouldn't be petrified to start your Fulham assets, but it really would be nice if Mitrovic were starting where you would have at least that you know light at the end of the tunnel that Tate crosses it into Mitrovic and they get a goal from that. Yeah, as they've done in the past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on here to our game of the week. It is Arsenal... Liverpool, um, it's a pick 'em again. Uh, can't decide between a favorite in this one. Over under is three goals, which I think is a little low for this matchup. Um, I know. Speaking beforehand, it's one of our harder games to dissect, um, mostly because the star players on both teams are already going to be 99% rostered. Um, So it's really hard to find uh, some upside players that are going to be available for this matchup. Um, It looks like Zinchenko is going to be out for Arsenal. uh, Robertson out for Liverpool. But other than... Arsenal players like Jesus, Martinelli, Saka. Uh, I think you're starting Xhaka. I mean, are there any other streaming options available? Are there any people that you're not going to start in this matchup? Uh, I've seen Partey on waivers, actually. And I don't think he's the worst option. He's actually scored fairly well. 11.2 points per game. While I'm not sure that is sustained, uh, I think you'd you'd imagine this game is gonna be more of a box to box game. Mm-hmm. So he could he could get involved with some defensive abilities, and he actually got a goal the other day. So yeah, he's, I don't want to talk. You know, about shown it. that capability. I, <laughs> I, I don't want to say he's a really strong start, but you can slot him out there as a mid four probably Mm -hmm. and 
at least on the Arsenal side, that's pretty much it for me. Chaka, you should be starting pretty much every week, uh, given his new role kind of in this offense. And the forward three or four guys, you should also be starting. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think the... I think Zinchenko will play. It doesn't look like he's injured. I so, read something that said he wasn't going to play this week on Twitter. So huh. I guess just have backup. Keep, yeah, if, keep an eye open for that one. Yeah. I'm, I don't think you really are itching to start him here. No. I know he's been out for a bit, so he might be in that sense. But it, as this matchup is related, he doesn't have an extremely favorable matchup. Uh, his probably the most favorable part about this matchup is his ability to get forward and maybe be involved in a goal or two. But defensively, they should seed, I imagine, at least a goal, but probably two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as the Liverpool side goes, um, going through their players and the available options... I mean, obviously you have Salah, Diaz, Nunes, Firmino. They're all very high ownership already. So, yes, you are going to play those players. Um, They're midfielders, though. Is there anybody in that midfield that you would be looking to stream this weekend? There's really no one I wouldn't – like, I wouldn't want to start a Fabinho here. I don't think he has a whole lot to offer going forward. And given their – defensive issues i imagine that his instructions are going to be mostly defensive mm-hmm. in a game with you know an even line and a high over under not that Klopp's looking at that but he knows he knows what the context of this game is and so does fabinho so i i imagine he sits back a little bit more to try and allow tiago and harvey elliott to do most of the chance creation so i'm good with either of them this week as uh i think tiago's bordering on that mid three four level and mm-hmm. harvey is more of a he's kind of a punt four. play yeah he's a, he's more of a punt play i think most punt plays really go under that mid four mid five is like man you just stuck him there because you had no one else <laughs> so i think he's more than that i, I don't think he's just you know I, th- I think you could do a lot worse than harvey but don't expect the moon of him. I know some people are souring on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go that far, but it's certainly not going to be an easy one for him to get get right and get a chance. So I know we had this debate a little bit um, beforehand, but Liverpool defenders, are you starting them or are you sitting them in this matchup? I would start... Like I outlined to you, there's there's no way I could ever bench Trent if I owned him. He's a first-round pick, and I don't see how you have anybody else who's going to possess the type of attacking upside that he has, given some of this. I mean, he scored a goal recently in the Champions League, and I mean, he he's he's fantastic going forward. We all know that, and he's a liability going back, but I don't see how you do better than him. And at worst, he's like a defender, too. Semikas, for me, is pretty much a like-for-like replacement of Robertson. Uh, Maybe a little bit more going going forward. I'd put him in the defender three category where, like, "Ah, okay, I'm starting him because I have him, and I don't want to 
bench him and run out of spots, but you don't don't expect a ton from him. He like I said kind of with Fabinho, I think the instructions of these defenders is going to be a little bit less they're going to have a little bit less leeway going forward and they're going to try and tend more of their defensive duties cuz they've really not been able to keep the ball out of their net. So, I'm going to be a little contrarian on this one and I'm going to say to bench all defenders from this matchup, even Trent. I just don't think that with if he doesn't get a goal contribution, he's not going to score any better than someone you could stream, which sounds ridiculous, but the stats so far this season kind of back that up. Other than the one outlier game against Bournemouth where they won 9-0 and he scored 38 points, he has had one start with a double-digit performance. And, I mean... I hate to say it, but this Arsenal team defends pretty well. Like, they are a bend but don't break. They'll allow one goal, maybe two, but rarely more than that. And I just, I don't think that that goal is going to come, unless it's from a set piece like we saw in the Champions League, which, yes, there's always that upside of Trent, but I don't know. I'm just almost more comfortable relying on someone like Zuma against Fulham to give me seven to nine points with the possible clean sheet than I am Trent, who has the opportunity to get two to three goals scored on him and a yellow card. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the name Zuma because that's... I think at least where I was going to head uh, with my questions and who would you play over him? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's hard because like you said, he is a first round draft pick. And if he's in your squad, you play him every week. He's a set and forget defender. But except for this week, I guess. I mean, it, it's just that hasn't worked out for you so far yet this season, yeah. especially when you've spent that much draft capital on him but I don't know I just I would be one to go to a different fixture altogether like I would even be comfortable starting an Everton defender at home against Manchester United I don't now that's steaming I mean I don't Everton are one of the best defenses in the league and yeah their ceiling is nowhere near as high as Trent's but I mean, Malenko will get you six, seven points, mm-hmm. possible clean sheet. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I just don't like this matchup at all mm-hmm. for a defender standpoint. But watch, yeah, I'll be sure completely can... wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. You, you had me kind of, you know, holding on there for a minute. But once, once you brought in the Everton defenders, you might have lost me. <laughs> Uh, I know you mentioned him as a set-and-forget, and while I don't think he's that, I think he might be more of a set-and-remember kind of guy for this week. So. Yeah. All right, let's move on here. Uh, Everton, Manchester United, that Everton defense is oh so sweet. Uh, United here favored by .5 goals with an over-under tally of 2.5 for this fixture. 
looks like Calvert-Lewin back in training. I guess we'll see if he makes the starting lineup. Um, but as far as Everton goes, who do you like in this home matchup against Manchester United? So it's tough because we've seen just about every form of Manchester United this season, and they're probably the highest variance team out there. So it's fair at, you know, United negative 0.5 with an over-under 2.5 that we could see just about anything in this game. So I would start I would start at Wobie as he's been uh, very trustworthy lately. And one of my streamers this week that I am actually pretty high on is Onana, who's still available in quite a few leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20... He's only owned in 27% of leagues. And I think this is a a decent matchup for him against United. Obviously, there's a scenario where United just completely shut Everton out, and you look back and you're like, damn, what the hell? But (laughs) I don't think there's a scenario where Onana gets less than like six or seven points here. And now with the addition of Idrissa Ganake, that only solidifies their midfield. Mm -hmm. From a defensive point of view, it might free, free him up to get forward a little bit more than he has in the past being the the big bodied lad that he is at I believe six five. So I, I really like him this week in this matchup for Everton, but I'm really not high on any other any other defensive assets in this game as you were. It's just without Patterson they've never been the same in my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I think that uh, a lot of the uh, United attack will probably come down the same side that Coleman's playing in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, as we see that United's only favored by half a goal, I mean, yep. the oddmakers are giving Everton a shot in this one. Uh, one stat that was kind of crazy to see uh, is Everton have the third highest expected goals against sitting at 13.8 through eight games. They've only allowed seven goals. So almost half. And I don't know if that's just down to uh, Pickford playing out of his mind or if this defense is just, I don't know, the chances are there. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. Pickford just has to be playing outstanding. I mean, he has been. He's been my keeper for the season, and he's – doing great but i don't think that they can get away with giving up these scoring opportunities and keeping the defensive record that they have Uh, i think it'll catch up with them eventually i think a lot of that has to do with the opponents they've faced like if you look at who they've played they played villa nottingham forest leeds liverpool they're bad well (laughs) No comment, but <laughs> the, some of those those prior teams, the XG is measured by what the average player would score in that scenario, and well, it, it it's a bit flawed when you're measuring a team based on their opposition when they're below average players, and I would True. say Villa, Nottingham Forest, and the season West Ham have all been well below average, mm-hmm. Leeds have been average. So I don't think uh, I don't think they've been tested maybe as much as 
we portray them to be. Now, I agree in that if you look at this line of negative one half and the over under a 2.5, that it's not like we're projecting some sort of blowout here. So you could stream your Michaelenko, and obviously you're starting your Tarkowski if you didn't already understand that. Uh, but I just wouldn't expect anything desirable out of him. Like you're not, he's not doing any more than a defender three. He's purely a fill-in option, and I think you can do better at almost any point of the slate. And and this one's later in the slate, so you don't really want to wait until now to start Michaelenko unless you have no other option. Mm-hmm. So, going to the Manchester United side, um, the Varane injury is going to be one to keep an eye on. Um, it looks like he has a possibility of returning this weekend. It might be a little bit too soon, but that back line is actually getting pretty thin with uh, Varane injured. I mean, the great Harry Maguire looks like he's about to be out for this game, too. So, I mean, probably better. What's that? It's probably better that he's out. Yeah, it's probably best case for them. But I mean, it could open the door for the Everton attack to get through this back line. Um, yeah, with... there's every opportunity for that to happen, um, and that's probably why the odds makers are giving Man United this. I mean, in in if you took some of their previous form where they seemed like they kind of had it back, you'd think that this would be more of a minus one kind of game. And you wouldn't think that Everton has much of a chance, but in reality, that's just simply not how it's played out this season. Manchester United, like I said earlier, a lot of variance. So they could possess some risky starts against a pretty stout Everton squad. And I wouldn't be over the moon about any of their defenders, really. I'm I'm okay streaming Malasia or Shaw, whoever gets that start at left back. Mm-hmm. And you already know you're starting Dallow. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then also all your your forwards, you're going to start them. But I wouldn't it, I wouldn't underestimate Everton. I really wouldn't. The odds makers aren't. So let's maybe pay attention to that. And I think that brings down like some of the players. I mean, Sancho hasn't really been performing lately. So he's really a... I mean, he's performing as if he's like a mid four or five. I think if you took his name off the jersey, he would probably be on waivers. Yeah, he's been I mean, he's been pretty bad. Two games with a double digit return. Eh, yeah, not great. I think um, this matchup, I'm okay fading some of the midfield assets of United. Like I probably will bench Erickson this weekend. Um, yeah, he could go either way. Just because of the team I have rostered with him in it, I decided to take Sergio Gomez into that mid-spot. If he doesn't play, it's an easy drop, and then I can put Erickson back in. But the upside Yeah, that's a great against, comparison. The upside against Southampton is just so much better that it's worth throwing Erickson on the bench and starting Gomez. Um, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, anything to add to this one? Yeah, like I said, I think Everton should put up a challenge. The midfield should stay busy. Onana's eighth in the league and tackles one, despite only playing five games compared to most people's seven or eight. Uh, and Gordon's actually sixth in shots inside the box with nine. 
He's below Holland, Jesus, Mitrovic, Firmino, and Kane. So that's some pretty good company to be with. I see him as a pretty decent option this weekend, probably more as a forward two, but I think pretty firmly entrenched in that forward two area. Mm -hmm. I would say that's his bare minimum. I don't know if he makes that jump into forward one, but anything's in the cards. The game really, it doesn't seem like anyone can get a read on it, and I can't blame him given... Like I said, Everton's history of playing some weaker sides and Man- Manchester United's variance and how they play on a week-to-week basis. Mm-hmm. All right, let's cap this thing off. We've got the Monday night game, Nottingham Forest, Aston Villa. Villa favored by .25 goals with an over-under of 2.5. Uh, Nottingham Forest probably comes in with the poorest form in the league now that they've lost to the other team with the poorest form in the league, Leicester City. Um, no major injuries of note, but I mean, is there anyone on Nottingham Forest's side that you want to talk up? Because I, for one, am staying as far away from pos- as possible from this side. So while I don't think that that's the worst tactic this week, given the history of Nottingham Forest, uh, I'm comfortable starting Nico Williams. Or Serge Aurier, who ghosted interestingly decent in half of a game. You'd hope that both of them play 90. And uh, I don't think you expect a lot. It's a defender three play pretty much just because they're on your team. Yeah. And I, I think the only reason I'm comfortable is just because of how confident I am that Villa are just not that threatening an attack. I mean, they played Leeds, who I know they got Liam Cooper back, and we can talk him up, but they're not good at defense, and they were a man down, and Villa still couldn't score. So Yeah, that was pretty poor. In comes Nottingham Forest, who are also just so bad. I mean, we're kind of, you know, splitting hairs here, but it's funny how they just... How after last week we had the Monday game of Forest versus Leicester, now we have Forest versus Villa, two teams that have been completely in the mud and have much more talent than uh, maybe some other teams that are positioned around them, but they just haven't shown it yet. Mm-hmm. It, it could be a get-right game for Villa, but I am much less confident in it than I was with Leicester because at least you saw Leicester scoring the goals. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing Villa scoring goals right now, and that's why they're only favored by a quarter of a goal. With an over-under of 2.5, this looks to be like a 0-0 or one nothing win and could go either way. Yeah, I think this Villa side is the opposite of Leicester in the fact that their defense is adequate, but they just they just don't score goals. I mean, their XG is the second lowest in the league, only behind Bournemouth. But it's a game of... You have a side with one of the lower XGs playing against the side with the highest expected goals against. So it's a matter of what's going to give. Is this Villa side really just that bad that they can't score against the worst defense in the league right now? Um, I mean, I'm I'm one that will be starting the... Villa players that I have but 
this is a point in the season where this might be the last chance saloon for these guys. If they can't get it done against this defense, I'm I'm out. I already have been out on them, but I mean, they've only scored more than one goal in one game so far this year. Mhm. And it's just it's just been bad. It's hard to even roster anybody on this team anymore. So if you're still hanging on to any of these players, you play them this week. But if they don't get the job done, I'm cutting ties. So yeah, there's not there's not a lot of upside with them, really. Yeah, I mean, with that being said, are you looking at possibly streaming anybody from this team or this filicide? Uh, I'd say kind of how I had. Castagna and Lodi in my Wilson uh, category last weekend. Mm-hmm. I'd put I'd put Young in my Wilson category for <laughs> this last one. Your your last viable option. He's dipping into the fountain a, of youth. Stranded on an island and got no one else to talk to. Young is your guy. So uh, I think he's he's a fine option this week. He's ghosted well recently, but. Keep in mind that, like I mentioned earlier, leads were down a man, so uh, Aston Villa were tossing men forward to try and get a goal, and he likely benefited from a positive game script there. Mm-hmm. It, not, not that he, it's Nottingham Forest, not that he won't still have a positive game script here, but <laughs> it's it's not the same as playing a. I know Nottingham Forest are bad, but it's not the same as playing a, a team a man down. Yeah, I will say that with. Uh, there is one streamer that is right at that 60% rostered mark, uh, Buendia. With the news that Bailey's probably going to miss this one, I would look at picking him up. Uh, but he is an easy pickup and stream option for this if he is available in your league. But then you can turn around and drop him right after this if he doesn't perform. Because, like I said, you're just you're done with Villa assets after this. Um, yeah, I uh, had an interaction with Joe Williams from uh, TDS on Twitter where he was talking about Buendia, and I mentioned that it's very likely that Ings comes in and gives you <laughs> two points for his 60 minutes, and exactly. uh, Buendia comes in and ghosts later on after you didn't start him. Yep. So I, he if he does start, I agree he's a high upside He's a high upside guy. I don't know if you could say streamer being at 60%, but mm-hmm. a high upside uh, last resort guy. I'd be very confident going into this matchup with him. And, um, you know, best of luck if, if he's a guy you're starting this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll wrap up all the fixtures for this week. But we want to jump into something that we're going to try something new this week. Uh, it's going to be our starts of the week. So very quickly, without too much... Uh, in-depth analysis give me your defender starts of the week i've got the aforementioned tilo Carer for west ham and uh timothy castagna for lester i like that i've also got a lesser defender in james justin just flapping it over to the other side and i also like tyrone mings in this one um somebody that's going to be available in most of your leagues and they're going up against a Forest side, who I think is just very bad. Very bad. Uh, yeah. Give me your midfielders. We both mentioned him. 
Sergio Gomez. Yep. Super, Gotta super high upside this week. He is a guy that you need to fit in your squad. I don't see any way that your team is so good that you can't fit him in your midfield. And then Dewsbury Hall, I think, is a strong start this week, uh, even though he's owned in quite a few leagues. These don't need to necessarily be guys that are streamers only, but these are just guys I like, especially higher than what I believe the consensus is feeling mm-hmm. right now. Yep. I agree with you on Gomez, and then I'll add another one if he gets a start. I know I said I didn't really care for the fixture itself, but Harvey Elliott um, just adds a little bit of life into that Liverpool midfield, so uh, I'd be okay with playing him in that matchup. Uh, yeah, Give me some forwards. Well, I'm thinking given Crystal Palace's uh, matchup this week against Leeds, who could definitely leak some goals... Uh, and, I mean, I guess without Sinistera as well, they probably don't present a lot of attacking upside, so it could be more of a defensive game for them. I, mm-hmm. I like to see uh, Odson Edward in my starting lineup this week. I think he's definitely a good shout to grab a goal or two, and I think you could do a lot worse than Jordan Ayu as well, who actually has ghosted pretty well and is involved all over the pitch he plays like he's 20 and i can see why fiera likes to start him pretty much every game week we'll see if elise replaces him but they were able to coexist before so let's hope for that i'm gonna agree with another one here and ayu i also like that matchup for him and he's been playing pretty well when he gets the nod uh another one i'm gonna back him to go three and three and that is Skamaka, West Ham. He's going to get the nod to start at forward, and he will bag his third goal in three games. Calling it right now. At least one. Maybe two. We'll see. It's a good shout. Um, we had a question here from Twitter from Prashanth. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, more of a statement, I guess. It wasn't really questioned. But Mars' trade value. Give me some hope. Uh, I'm not going to be very hopeful on this one. I think he is... His trade value is the lowest it's ever been. And you are basically holding on to him if you can't trade him out on name value. You're holding on to hopefully get some goal contribution, whether he gets a start or he comes in off the bench. Uh, the matchup this weekend is a favorable favorable one against Southampton. I mean, shit, every city matchup is a favorable one for them right now. But I think you're holding on to him until he scores relatively well, and then you can try and trade him out on a high, um, target the teams in your league that have multiple city assets. Maybe you have a city fan in your league. Look to trade them there. But... Yeah, I uh, I just don't see the value in Mars right now. What say you, Zach? I know he's asking for hope, but <laughs> my my hope would be completely depleted at this point, and I probably would have traded him out to an owner for Grealish or Foden for really whatever I could get. I just I just don't see. I know we discussed him as like a high war option, but I don't, I don't see him getting in this team. It's it's odd to me that he just signed a new contract this year, 
and that Pep's not playing him. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the only. I guess there's nothing there's nothing you're gonna get for him at this point, which is the tough portion. So you pretty much are just stuck holding him. So the the one piece of hope, if I was able to provide any, would be that uh, his nation did not make the World Cup. So if somebody gets injured, then he would be probably the next one to slot into that team. Mm-hmm. Assuming they don't just push Bernardo Silva forward, which they could always do. I think, especially with this month's fixture density before the World Cup, you have to hold on to him because you see, can't drop him. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I, no I'm not, not saying that. I'm just, I would be very disgruntled and hopeless at this point. I, like I would just like he is. I just think that the being a city player brings so much upside that you have to hold on to him because he's more valuable than the players around his fan tracks level right now that with the amount of games that city will play this month, you have to just hold and hope that he gets game time. So I would say get through this month and then just do what you treat will. it as if that roster spot doesn't exist until it does again. Yeah, exactly. All right. Any last words? No, I think this game week is probably one of the more straightforward ones we've had so far. Like I said to you, I don't think there's a ton of nuance. There's some teams like Manchester City going against Southampton that you know what to do. Hammer your guys, hammer your studs. And, yeah. All righty. Well, that's all we've got. Thank you for guys for listening. That's uh, that's our game week wrap. And all you fan tracks managers out there, best of luck in game week 10. We'll see you next week. Peace.